0: Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex Show. My name is Bobo, and I am your resident optimistic nihilist, reminding you every day of your mortality and the urgency to get your titty sucked before the apocalypse <laughs> swallows us whole. And I'm with the beautiful Flex
1: uh i'm only here to encourage you to critically think and to facilitate your own nut and to stop being a dumb bitch full-time
0: love it in summary we're here to facilitate our own nuts we're here to get our titty sucked and we're here to seek out pleasure and growth with our chests which brings us to our episode today so today is episode one of our five-part series on dating i'm so hyped for this And today we're going to be talking about how to even navigate the dating scene, whether you're new, whether you're an OG and you're trying to come back after experiencing some bad relationships. We've all been through it. We want to talk about how to regain trust, how to regain your confidence, how to date while queer, relationship behaviors, just all the things. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this episode in particular. I feel like I'm really good at dating. Um, I feel like I've... (laughs) It's the one thing that I really enjoy. It's one of the favorite parts of my life. But Flex, how do you feel? Like... On a scale of 1 to 10, because I was reading through, you know, we told people to send in their questions, and I'm looking at people's questions and comments on dating, and it sounds like it's just a minefield, (laughs) like it's just World War 4 out in these streets. What is your experience of (laughs) dating and romance, the beginning stages? I can
1: already tell this episode's going to hurt so many feelings, so... Bobo apologizes I don't <laughs> I want to make a quick disclaimer if mm. the audio sounds different for any of you sweet chickens at home it's because I'm in Ghana and Ghana is a loud place and everywhere is drama noise traffic car horns screaming dancing, music <laughs> and nonsense and there might be like another electricity blackout while we're recording so we're just going to go with it
0: but no, no, we're going with the flow
1: my thoughts on dating—I definitely think that it is a minefield. I would have to agree. And as somebody who is quite like socially like apt, mm. someone who's quite um, confident, someone who's quite assertive, I still feel like it's a crock of shit half the time. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I started navigating dating a little bit, like, um, I mean, a numbers game is not the best way to put it, but to no, remind you yourself mean. that. Yeah, to be good at anything, you need to invest a certain amount of hours. Some people say 10000 some people say more. But if you look at dating like that, that every interaction you have with another person is just, you know, growing experience and practicing, it gets a little bit easier to navigate. Yeah. And everybody is trash at it, despite what (laughs) Bobo says about her experience. Everybody is trash. (laughs) Everyone is trash. What's yours like, miss, I'm good at dating? She tried it.
0: I really feel like I am. I feel like I find it really enjoyable. Like we all go through our shitty dates and our shitty relationships, but ultimately, like I feel like I'm not really like stress. It's not a stressful part of my life. Like it's an enjoyable and like pleasurable part. But I also think that came. I'm with already triggered. Shut um, up. <laughs> yeah, I think that came with like time. A because I think love and romance and dating are a practice. And so I think like over time you gain more confidence and then over time you also get less attached to outcomes because I think like even if you go on a date and it doesn't work out well, there are gonna be more dates. Like I think it's really good to approach romance from a place of abundance as opposed to a place of scarcity because that just like is a huge perspective shift. But we also had some questions. People sent in some questions. Which we'll address throughout the episode, but let's let's start off with some questions here.
1: I can already hear us disagreeing on this one because really? I find that dating for me yeah. is a reward-based, destination-based activity. <gasps> I'm trying Why? to get my nuts, or I'm trying to be <laughs> in a relationship. So much of this in between, like do it for the funner, the fun, blah 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 blah. Like I have friends for that kind of activity. I'm not. You know, I'm not, like, tolerating, like, men in that context for no reason. It's either a friendship we're building or it's, like, a romantic relationship. None of this, like, just enjoy the pleasure of the moment. So I often find that if I'm not reaching a certain destination. Yeah. Well, I, I think... I find it easier to compartmentalize my interactions with people. Yeah. So I need to know what role you're serving in my life. And if that role is not fulfilled or it draws to a close and I can park it and move on. Mm. As opposed to this in-between stage with all these men I'm interacting with. Like, are we anything? Are we nothing? Like, yeah, if you're not about to be a husband or a best friend, you have to go.
0: Oh, no. So I'm not advocating for lack of clarity. But I do think in general, in our relationships, I think we should add more friendship to our romantic relationships and then add more romance to our friendships. Like, I, I think there needs to be more of a balance with how we're like navigating friendships and romance. I think ultimately. I agree. Yeah. Which is
1: why you also need to make friends with men.
0: Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <If> <laughs> said, shut up. Do not call me <laughs> no. out in front of company. Shut up.
0: <laughs> you know, that's another episode for another day. Can men and women truly be platonic friends?
1: Yes. Wow. We'll move on. We're going to move, we'll move on because that
0: one is a whole episode. It's a whole episode. <laughs> um. It's also funny because in my Instagram story today, we're talking about. Dating cultures and how they vary by different geographies. And mm. white women are up in arms. In my DMs.
1: Like, saying what?
0: Just talking about how white men are trash. About how <laughs> dating in Australia is World War Five. Yeah. I'm shaking. Can you confirm
1: these <laughs> these allegations? <laughs> I'm, I'm at the pulpit, ready to testify. <laughs> you know... I, I didn't personally realize how dire it can be in some instances dating in Australia until I went to different parts of the world. And you realize that, you know, when you're in contact based cultures and everybody's touching or, for instance, being in Ghana. Yeah. You walk down the street, you've had five requests for marriage. Yeah. You know, three requests <laughs> for dinner. Somebody's touched you. Somebody's calling you beautiful, gorgeous, smooth skin. Yeah. Like, it's you're just so, validated so much. Right. And then you're in Australia and you'll be on a date. Thinking, okay, maybe I've just made a friend. Like maybe we've just come here wow. to engage in friendship. Yeah, I, and but often that's also the way I date. I can't do this. Like again, I can't go from like serious chat to flirting. We're either doing one or the other. That's why <laughs> when I date, I'm like <laughs> fucking everyone or I'm celibate. <laughs> oh my god, a flex is the most a, bitch in the world. Honestly, I, I don't know it. how to. I can't, like, can you imagine me in this, um, on this day, like, talking about critical thinking and then, like, touching his knee? That's me, Get away. Get away. (laughs) I'm trying to get to know you. That is hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, it's really what I think, generally speaking. Yeah. Don't get mad if you're an Australian cis- Hetero male and you disagree yeah but I find dating culture in Australia to be quite passive or quite reactive that's what and I so, was
0: getting yeah that's what everyone yeah. in my
1: dms is telling me mm-hmm. so there's a lot of this you know like we're the last two people at a party maybe we should xyz or like you know we've been friends for five years should we ha 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 or I've had you know 16 lines of coke and I'm high ha ha ha, ha. let's fuck
0: I'm as, as opposed to
1: this so you know declaration of attraction or affection or whatever it might be yeah um, it's interesting how, which puts no go on sorry I
0: was gonna ask well how is that for you as a black woman specifically because something that people were also telling me is that there's such a rigid standard of beauty in Australia which reminds me of my experiences growing up in Switzerland Where there's literally one standard of beauty. It's like the skinny, blonde, blue eyed white girl with no ass, but huge titties. And that's that's it. If you fall outside of that, like shame on you, fam. It's not for you.
1: (laughs) She says, shame on you. (laughs) It's just not for you. (laughs) This is what we talked about in the pursuit of beauty. Yeah. You mm, uh, You know what? I can see how that is a thing in australia but i often find that like in metropolitan areas we are blessed to be quite you know dare i say multicultural and Mm. so yes there is a standard of like whiteness and that's the central you know uh compass for beauty but there are pockets in which people aren't afraid to like you know dip their dick in something else than vanilla Um, but it's one of those things where I don't, I can't imagine that anybody's going to outwardly tell you that they're not going to date you because you're not white. Yeah. So for you or me or someone being a person of color, you almost have to navigate every experience thinking that you are everybody's type yeah because it's what we I spoke about online you know are these self-fulfilling prophecies or is this reality like are people not dating you this because was you actually are my next fat, black <laughs> you know ugly whatever or are you just not approaching people because you think they won't date you yeah I think I'm cute so I just go about my business yeah I also <laughs>
0: think I think a lot of us approach dating from a place of scarcity and when we do that your fears become self-fulfilling prophecies I asked a question on my Instagram story yesterday, not expecting it to even go into this direction of conversation. But I was asking people, "What do you guys think of coffee dates?" Because someone posted about this on the Facebooks, on in our Facebook group. So I was asking Mm -hmm. people, "What do you guys think of coffee dates? Is that a no? Is it a yes? Like, are you indifferent about going on a date to a coffee shop?" And a lot of the answers, there was a lot of like mixed reviews, but a lot of the answers was no, I refuse to go to a fancy dinner with a guy because a lot of times when guys pay for you, they expect sex. Or like, mm-hmm. no, I need to go to a coffee shop because it's easy to dip if the guy ends up being trash. And I just feel like I'm not a fan of approaching dating in that way where, like, you're, you're make, you make decisions rooted in fear or rooted in what if it goes bad as opposed to, like, what if this actually turns out really well? Because I think if you always approach it as a what if this does go bad and like what if I do need to leave in three minutes because he ends up being a bigot or like what if he expects sex from me just because he took me to an expensive restaurant? I think like over time it ends up just becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy because that's what you expect
1: I don't think you're wrong in that regard though I will say I do think that coffee and bar dates are culturally relevant in Australia yeah I've noticed it's there
0: geographic.
1: Is, yeah there, I don't really think there is I mean there, there would be communities who are doing the wine dine so-and-so yeah but generally there is like a, a through line of casual in a lot of dating when it comes like in Australia that being said though I do understand preparing yourself for the inevitable because you know going into an experience when preparing yourself to leave preparing yourself you know for, for safety measures that's realistic oh yeah safety you know, there, for sure. there are often like times in which you might agree to go on a date agree to accept a drink and all of a sudden this man thinks he owns you and he's called six of his cousins to come gangbang you like it's not cute <laughs> yeah when i was reading your story i thought that coffee dates were standard it feels like not not like like as you were saying in the last episode, like investing very little and getting very little back, mm. but almost not putting too much pressure on the experience to be anything but just two people meeting. Yeah, I find that when you have like you know the lights, the candles, the dinner, all those um, outside factors might influence how you feel about the experience you're having. Mm. So stripping it back to its bare form, two people seeing if their personalities mesh. I feel like a coffee date is a good environment for that.
0: I also ask people, like, is this geographic, is this cultural, and is this racial? Because mm. I think that um, I predominantly date black men, and we'll, we'll mm-hmm. discuss interracial dating. I predominantly date black men, and what I found is that black men are more attached to class, or, like, class is more of a... Of a an identifier or like a marker of your value than it is for white men just because of like historical and cultural context and stereotyping and things like that so I find that like black men do the most whereas um, white men tend to be more casual because they don't have to live up to or they don't have to transcend negative stereotypes about them in relation to class so I do find that you know, someone someone was saying in response to my question, like, oh, I live in Nigeria and guys here just go all out. So I do find that it's cultural. Someone also mentioned that, like, coffee shops in Australia are really cute. Um, there was also someone from Austria who was like, well, coffee shops here are also just really cute and, like, there's good ambiance." So it's not like you're going to a
1: Starbucks.
0: So when I oh, think... Oh, no, it's,
1: it's a vibe, you know? It's like, you know...
0: <laughs> it's, like, probably, like, a cute little, like... Yeah, like a cute, quirky little coffee shop. In New York, if someone is taking you to a coffee shop, or in my experience, especially because New York is not built for pleasure, it's not built for leisure, it's built for work. So coffee shops do tend to have more of like a work... Like they're not like cute and artsy, except with like a few exceptions in like Brooklyn or whatever. But generally in Manhattan, like if you're going to a coffee shop with someone, it's because you're discussing a contract. Like you're negotiating... (laughs) You are negotiating. Are these words. relationships
1: not contracts? Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm screaming. Yeah, I've never even been asked to go on a date to a coffee shop. Like I never even imagined that that was a thing. And I think that's it just comes purely down to like the fact that I mostly date black men and the fact that I live in New York and that's just like it's what it is, especially in l a like in L.A., people are always trying to show out and show up, like it's mm. madness, like your value so I can much imagine
1: class. that the first date you have the context if you've left the house and somebody or both parties are investing their time and their money, where you go doesn't dictate how well the date ends up being. yeah, so you could go on your five star wine and dine mm. and. You know, it could still be a trash date or vice versa. My only concern personally with going on fancy dates is I'm not a fancy bitch. I just have money. you know, so, like, I eat like a toddler. So I don't eat fine food. I don't drink. So taking me to, like, a bar, a nice oh, bar, yeah, it a does nice make restaurant. Sense for you. you know, like, contextually, it's going to be weird when I'm like, oh, there's nothing here I want to eat. Yeah. Or, no, thank you, I don't want to have that wine. But wouldn't you so prefer, for like,
0: an art gallery? Like, let's go take a walk in the park. or like Absolutely. Like, I, like picnic. I like my picnics. I like my art galleries.
1: I like a chill bar in the daytime. I like a cafe. Yeah. I like environments mm-hmm. that facilitate people talking freely and at length Mm. and often these really like rigid stringent environments aren't conducive to that so you know uh, we could put heaps of parameters around where the right location is for the right date but that is the easiest thing you'll do so let's get over it quickly i don't think i mean I, i i wouldn't I know the slum flower has um she's doing her dating online dating chronicles at the moment on instagram Ooh. where she um shares how she engages with men to elicit certain responses so like the type of men she goes for who she knows will have money mm. who will take her to nice places who will understand that the type of woman she is and the type of way she wants to date yeah and so there's a lot of conversation about you know like telling a man you know that you don't want to go to a pub because you're not a low-class girl that you want to go to a bar in a nice area and so on and so forth so he understands that he must what he's dealing with yeah yeah i personally don't resonate with that with that kind of uh what's it called with that kind of like uh approach to dating just because like i'm not a fancy bitch but obviously if you have preferences on where you want to go and the experiences you want to have it's important that you communicate it before you know you're a five-star bitch getting taken to the local mcdonald's (laughs) and then what happens (laughs) when you're at denny's (laughs) Yeah, I
0: think I think it would be so interesting for you, me, and the Slum Flower to have an episode on dating because all three of us are so different in our approach. Absolutely. to da- Like we're like all polar opposites. It would be then such we need to
1: a- go and date the same guy. Yeah, and like recount our experience. Honestly, we need to
0: just. I don't know why we're on three different continents. All three of us need Literally. to like do a dating show. <laughs> go on dates with the same guy and like come back and tell our experiences similarly to you I'm also not a fan of that type of approach to dating but that's because I'm not a date I don't I think everyone dates for different reasons And Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to dating, I think a lot of us don't get what we want because a lot of us don't know what we want. What I like about the Slumflower is that she's clear about what she wants and she's clear about communicating it, and therefore she gets what she wants. I think a lot of people feel shame for the fact that they want to date a guy with a lot of money. And so instead of pursuing that with their chest, instead what they do is they settle for less and then they're disappointed or they blame their failure to communicate on on another guy and dress it up as failure to execute. While I'm not someone who dates for like upward mobility or who cares that much about like whether a guy is rich or not, I am I am a fancy bitch. Well, I'm fancy when it comes to food. (laughs) And I'm (laughs) also really, really particular when it comes to food. And I communicate that. Like, before a guy even suggests you know even suggests a place i'm like these are my face i'm really into mediterranean food i'm also vegan i'm really into ambience i need the place to not be la-. like i just tell him what i want and from that point on the guy can decide whether i'm too high maintenance for him or not because i'd rather not go in pretending to be like a bitch who's cool to go someone once asked me to go to dave and busters on a date and it just had to be a no for me and while he thought I was a bougie trash bitch, I was like, I'd rather you think I'm bougie and trash than for me to pretend that I want to go on a date to Chuck E. Cheese because, like, I don't. You know what I mean? I just think we
1: all and need similarly, to be, like, clever. I have to do the opposite of you. Like, yeah. I have to remind people <laughs> that because. I eat like a child, you know, <laughs> those expenses that you don't spend during dinner will happen when you have to take the fourth holiday in like the second there we month. Go. You know what I mean? There we have Like, it. <laughs> my wardrobe has dried out. My snacks need to be replenished in the fridge. So please. Absolutely. Um, but I guess if we had to sort of put like a, a tip one for dating for dummies, know what you're dating for and make yes. sure you are moving through each of those interactions with that in mind. Yes. I'm dating for... Like, companionship, intellectual stimulation, and a good night. So I need to make sure <laughs> so, that across each of those dates that I'm at least one of those boxes is being ticked. Yeah. There's no point in me going on a date with a cutie who doesn't know what words means and struggles to articulate themselves. Absolutely. I can't be bothered. Yeah. So it's, you know, know why you're dating. And it can be for superficial reasons. People just want to have partners. Yeah, do that. Yeah,
0: and it's fine. Like, but you have to do it with your chest. With You mm-hmm. cannot pretend... I think it's it's really interesting how i think you and i both date for similar reasons but we approach it really differently and that's also something that you need to be self-aware of so while i also the reason i pursue romance is for companionship it's for like to get a good nut it's for intellectual and emotional stimulation i don't really compartmentalize as much as you do like romance Mm -hmm. versus friendship what I ultimately want is a best friend who sucks titties like no one's business. Like who, Amen. who, you know what I mean? And so like, it's good to like also be aware, like flex is a turbo bitch and I'm a slow burn and mm-hmm. you need to be that with your chest. I also feel like one of the questions we got was like, how do you become more confident when you're approaching dating And I think confidence is like, it's not editing yourself or making yourself palatable for other people's comfortability. Confidence is being whatever you are with your chest and not apologizing for it and not like compromising yourself just to make other people more comfortable. I feel like this is something that black girls do more often because we feel like, Oh, we need to be more Eurocentric, you need to be skinnier, you need to be this and this and that. And it's like, fuck that. Be the clown you are fully. And that's also my Also not advice.
1: navigating dating as though you're doing the person you're dating a favor as if yes. you, it's their, it's your privilege to have them in your life. We're all the center of our own universes and therefore anyone who enters yours is almost a character in your storyline. If this is not what you wanted, mm. keep it pushing, you know, De- politely decline and say like, you're not, this is not what I expected and keep it moving. This whole like, let me tolerate the idea of a person because I just really wanted a partner and so on and so forth. Yeah. so sad and so boring. I also navigate dating from the perspective that if you have I online date I don't I don't like meet people in really? the flesh.
0: Okay, we'll we need to, to talk that. about that. Yeah.
1: So, generally, if if you have like signed up for your phone contract, you've downloaded a dating app, you've set up your profile and you're there matching people, it means generally you're both there with the same intention. Most people are insecure about meeting other people and starting an intimate relationship. So knowing Mm. that you're both starting on the same equal footing means there is no superiority complex or no hierarchy, which means that you do have space to just be. Mm -hmm. Like the confidence is that you're both trash people looking for love and to be (laughs) trash (laughs) together or move on to the next trash person. I think we have to stop projecting excellence onto people we start dating like generally. I'm yelling,
0: I'm clapping. What is
1: that about? I'm clapping, I'm yelling, I'm yelling, I'm clapping. So, you know, it's not to say you should fake it until you make it, but it's to understand that everybody has a certain level of insecurity when they're navigating dating. Mm. And that you let that be your your mode of confidence, knowing that man is happy to be talking to you. Sis is happy to be talking to you. Absolutely. They're happy to be talking to you.
0: I also think on that note, I think a lot of people also project excellence onto themselves or perform excellence. There's this Mm. idea that like to be the ideal date or to be like the perfect seductive person, you have to be interested in fine art and you have to be like there's this just like there's an ideal of what you have to be. But I think what's the most charismatic person is a person who can like really be playful about the ways that they're trash. Another question that we got was like, how do you start conversation? Like, what do you even talk about on dates? I find it really easy. Not easy. I find it makes my life easier if I'm approaching someone and I'm feeling nervous to open by saying like, I'm actually really nervous and I feel really awkward about this. However, and then start the conversation from there. I feel like instead of trying to pretend that you're not nervous, it's better to just be fully nervous and state that you're nervous and, like, go from there. And just, like, be playful about the ways that you're trash instead of trying to, like, project or perform whatever genre of excellence you think it is. Like, why are we doing all of this? For who?
1: I agree. I agree. It's one of those it's one of those things where when I think about dating as a concept, most of it is just mind games that you play with yourself and other people to get you over the line and not manipulative mind games, but yes. you know, in this instance of, you know, how you've convinced yourself that you need to appear a certain way to be more dateable or you need to dress a certain way or agree to go to a certain venue. These narratives that like play in your head are only plaguing you. Um, and are often going to be worse than the actual experience itself. Mm. You if you don't have any dating experience, what you imagine it to be is probably going to be far more um, catastrophized than the reality of it. Most dates are two people talking, not getting along that well and leaving in an hour <laughs> or getting along really well, leaving in three hours. There you go. Yeah. and that's <laughs> Also, all think about have- all the... Yeah, think about all the um, scenarios in which you're meeting people for the first time without the pressure of romance. When you're starting a new job or when you're in yeah. college, those conversation topics are still valid on a date. You don't need to rush to something, you know, fresh, fresh and serious. Exactly, because it's, it's know, not that an serious. An audition to be your partner. It's like conversation. What were you reading before you got there? What movie did you just watch? How are you Absolutely. feeling? Where do you want to go? You know, don't stress yourself out. Often, I find that if you have put too much, I know a lot of people who take first dates quite seriously in terms of wanting to put their best foot forward, having the most beat face, the most snatched ways, preparing mm-hmm. their answers, having things going on. But you have to understand that if this date goes well, it is the first date of many, and you can't exhaust yourself trying to, like, you know, Perform. do full flex, you <laughs> know, for day. the first time you meet someone. Come on now, enjoy yourself, relax a little bit, you know, Honestly. put your shoulders down. Like just wear what you're comfortable wearing Even though you wore it yesterday Like it's not that deep Wear your sneakers and be gone
0: Literally you will not be homeless Just because a date
1: didn't go well (laughs)
0: Like you actually won't be homeless The world Wait, won't end. Wait, But you might be.
1: <laughs> didn't I tell you about this guy I was listening to? <laughs> Please tell I was me. listening to his podcast of <laughs> this guy, and he said that he was dating this girl, Loki, and um, the only reason why he was dating her is because he needed a place to live. Like he was some rapper who just moved to LA. I needed needed a place to live. Screaming. So they started living together, and then she suggested He didn't even want to date her, but I guess like he started to grow feelings for her when he started living with her. And yeah. then she su- she suggested that they become open and he was like well I needed a place to stay so I was with it (laughs) so you know it might be your experience let's not let's not discount that
0: wow okay well yeah the stakes are higher if you're looking for a sugar daddy you're looking for a whole home the stakes are higher um I want to go back to what you said before because I found it interesting and I think a lot of people move through the world like this about you date not for rewards but it's like outcome and rewards driven. Mm-hmm. What are the outcomes you're looking for when you start dating a human being? I mean, do you mean or like milestones?
1: Uh, not necessarily milestones. But I, I, I know my best case scenario, and mm. every like, if I'm date, because I think we need to also like contextualize how I date. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like I said before, I'm what I do is like I want to root heaps, or I want to be in like. A committed stable emotionally healthy not toxic relationship yeah so like depending on how i'm navigating dating is what i do but let's say i'm looking for like a man a partner mm. it's not for me to like when i'm engaging with people i'm not looking for like who's the most visually attractive who am i wet for who so and so i'm yeah. literally interrogating them as people like what are your values what are your ideologies because for me i'm thinking like l- long term future based like can this be someone that I introduced to my best friend? Can, like, I, can, you know, can I spend X amount of months with you? If not, then keep it pushing, keep it pushing. All you know, right, there, okay. are some, there are some scenarios where I feel like, you know, I can prioritize pleasure and just tolerate some trash guy because his dick is bomb. But also, realistically, I know what I'm here for. And if this person doesn't scream... You know, companion, then what is the point for me? so that's that's how I navigate it, and that's how I remind myself not to quote unquote waste too much time on entertaining people. yeah, because if you're like me, I like conversation, I like getting to know people, and before you know, it, I've made a whole friend, and I was like, oh, we're whole friends, and I've just been here interrogating you just for fun. And now you think we're friends, and now I'm trying to find my next husband. Like, you were just like a rung on my ladder, and now I'm attached to you because you're attached to me. So yeah. it's like keeping your eye on the prize. What are you doing? Why are you chatting? What, what, like, not just because I we got a lot of questions about like, you know, what questions to ask so-and-so you're not just trying to fill in time. Mm. You are literally like trying to find Move
0: with intention.
1: Yeah. You're moving. Like there's an outcome to every interaction. So it's not yeah. about like, what questions do I ask to sound interesting? What do you actually want to know about the person you're choosing to spend time with? Right. Do you want to know their politics? Do you want to know how they feel about, you know, refugees and immigration? Or right. do you want to know if they're nice to waiters and waitresses? These are things that are important to you. So that's what I mean about being really outcome-based. And like I said, oh, I'm looking okay. for good nut or a good man in one person, preferably or separately. I don't really mind. And so that's what I'm mindful of.
0: Okay, I don't think publishing. that's like really being outcome-based more than it is just being a bitch with standards, which is also very rare, honestly. <laughs>
1: Look, okay, you know I, I want to talk mean. about really quickly because mm. in this whole like, this topic of standards and expectations and everything, yeah. um, we there's a lot of discussion in our Facebook group about um, sparks and chemistry, you know, first dates and first impressions in chemistry, mm. and I do think there is an, a chemistry agenda. <laughs> I was gonna say the same. Bitch, let's talk about it. Because do you know what? What is chemistry? Count- what is chemistry if not this? And last? why are you guys Come looking on. for it? Why are you looking for chemistry? <laughs> I I feel like chemistry is this. It's this a lie. In, it's this very imprecise measurement. Of attraction and affection and intimacy that doesn't really say much, but it, people put a lot of weight on it. And so I was thinking a lot about how people in the group were explaining that they have gone on, you know, one, two, three days with the same person. They can't they feel have- the spark. There's no butterflies. There's no chemistry. Should they just let it go? To which I say, you know, if you're looking for a feeling that you can't describe and can't quantify and can't, <laughs> and can't qualify and can't locate, and that's going to be the hill that you die on to like remove someone from your life. Come on now. Is that yeah. really realistic? Though I do understand, you know, knowing straight away in the first how many seconds that you're street. intuition, to someone, let's whatever. differentiate
0: intuition versus chemistry.
1: Yeah, yeah I think there's, there's a
0: very clear difference. And I think people conflate the two. And that's why you're you're throwing someone in the bin. You're throwing someone away in the trash because you're looking for something that was constructed by Hollywood and Disney and is fictional, but in nature, it doesn't actually exist. But really, what does exist is intuition. That intuitive knowing that this person, not that you know exactly who this person is, but you intuitively know that, like, you know what? This person, him and I click. Like, we click on a fundamental level we fundamentally believe in the same things we fundamentally have a similar lifestyle there's just an intuitive knowing however there's no i feel like spark has an undertone and connotations of passion and like erotic sexual passionate undertones and that I think is a construction of Hollywood and Disney that doesn't exist, that leads women astray. And therefore, we've now been hoodwinked. We've been bamboozled into looking for something that doesn't exist and then being disappointed because Absolutely. it doesn't exist. What do you mean?
1: I do think, like, yeah, granted, like, you know, is your clip tingling? Are you wet? These are all things. Are your nipples hard? Sure. That's lust and sexual attraction. I do right. find that, yeah. Like Bobo said, there can be that romantic chemistry where you're kind of like, oh, this is effortless. Like, there's an attraction. It might not be like, I want to jump you, but I am attracted to you, your mind, your spirit, your energy. You know, it's magnetic, and it can maybe feel like a little bit addictive at some point. So you're kind of like, oh, I don't even know what it is, but I'm interested in engaging with this person some more. I feel like these are all things you can look for. But if you're looking for, like, an all-encompassing, like, top-to-toe, this is my person, I'm obsessed, I'm in love, you need to either... You know, um, what's that word? Pick people better. I feel like you can't just date any old Joe and then be complaining that there's no spark. If there isn't a spark or chemistry or that magnetic attraction, then you probably haven't done a really good job of find, or like you know, of sorting through your potential options. Yeah. So maybe that's your bad and not their bad. And if that's true, then don't put so much pressure on trying to make it make sense. And just say, you know, I gracefully bow out of this one. You know, if you're not a ghoster, then just, you know, quickly do your one, two, no thank you. Yeah. And then go to the next person. And I feel like there are ways to, to figure out that spark is going to be potent or that chemistry is going to be potent before you spend time with this person. Right. Like when you are doing your texting, texting, are there mutual topics you're both excited about? Yeah. Are you, you excited to tell this course. person about you or is it dry?
0: Is is he texting you what you're doing every every Oy, 10
1: minutes? W I D, W I D, W I D. Sad. Delete
0: him. Like Sad. Oh my it's, god. It's I mean that one, is one of those things pet where Pete, you know I will f- I will flush you down the toilet texting me
1: W I D. It honestly. The, it's so easy to be interesting and interested in someone when it's natural when you meet a new friend when you meet a new coworker, there's a natural curiosity that comes out that that you know forces you or implores you to ask questions to remember those answers right. to keep it going if that energy isn't there in the first couple of interactions and i don't really know why you're, why you're pushing but if that energy is there in the sexual chemistry might be lacking you can work on that Do you know what I mean? If your values intersect in so many ways, but you find that, you know, your day-to-day life is a little bit lopsided and he works days and you work nights, there are things that you can work out. You can work around that. But let's not stretch so far for strangers. Let's not So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Try and make common, common interactions make sense and make it love when it's Yeah, absolutely.
0: I also think that the, the creation of the idea of sparks and chemistry is one of the reasons why a lot of women don't know what they want. I'm really a huge believer in, like, you need to define what love is for yourself before you go looking for it or before you even expect to find it. I think all of us should have either come up with a formula, come up with a menu with, like, core ingredients. I think every woman, every human being should have five things minimum that must be present in a relationship or in another human being in order for you to engage like
1: yes mine are transparency yes. reciprocity honesty open communication and willingness to evolve
0: ooh i don't like that willingness inches. to evolve i'm going to put my, i'm going to put that on mine as well
1: you must because I, it's it's so nice when you're in you know when you meet someone for the first time and you you might project certain characteristics onto them because they've come across in that way to you and then you find oh no they're are an onion their layers are evolving yeah. oh I understand there's context to their behaviour so that's a that is a big one have your have your standards and know what you want Absolutely. I also wanted to ask you mm. because it's only occurred to me recently that there is maybe not. Mm, Yeah, recently, maybe in the last six months or so, Mm. that there really is a beauty in being vulnerable in these early stages of relationships. I was definitely that person who was like, close it off, keep all your walls up, make sure, you know, you only give a little bit X, Y, Z, don't talk about this, that, whatever. Yeah. And then as I've grown up and gone with age, I feel as though you don't do yourself or the person that you're seeing A service Mm when you are shielding yourself from the potential of this relationship flourishing. I do think and it's a lot of pressure to be vulnerable because it requires a certain amount of trust. It requires that the vulnerability will be reciprocated but you can't do that with that result in mind. As, uh, yes. by that saying like you can't be sh- be sharing your heart only so the other person shares that you need to do it no you put all your cards on the table and if it doesn't work out you tried your best and then you keep it pushing
0: yeah i'm for that as well i think there's a cultural narrative um and this is more prevalent in like london i was in london for about like five months and dating there was honestly a bit torturous for me because i'm a person i don't subscribe to this idea that you shouldn't pry too much Ooh. and
1: <laughs> literally i'm asking and, all the questions i'm asking all so the questions i'm what?
0: yeah no really i'm an How's open mom? book How's she really Honestly. <laughs> how will your mom feel about me being black i'm an open ass book i don't subscribe to this notion that like you know you shouldn't pry too much you should try on the first date to keep things light-hearted no no nah. i'm not with that One of the reasons I really struggled dating when I was in London is that I would go on dates and the conversations would be so surface and I could feel that there was like such a high level of like performative politeness and kindness that it actually built a wall of that, a wall that really sort of like rejected vulnerability. Like, I feel Mm. like when you're really trying so hard to be polite and to make sure you're not stepping on any toes and to, you know, to be doing all of this to protect the other person and yourself, you actually do yourself a disservice. And I think, like, it's cultural. I feel I find that America's a lot more open. There's a lot more. I also find that um, queer communities like dating while queer, there's a lot more like openness, but we'll get into that at a later stage. But I feel like I ask all the questions. You have to. I go in guns blazing. If I want to talk about sex, I talk about sex. I know some people find that distasteful. But for me, like, I'm a person that really enjoys talking about sex. And so if you're going to be someone who's shy and who's like, ooh, but that's too much. Oh my God, you're being, you're so vulgar. Then I already know we're not compatible. So I'm glad I, I. i brought up the conversation i'm glad it made you uncomfortable because now we both know where we stand and now i can move on and you can move on and it's just like there's just no room there's no room for going in guarded um there's no room for being afraid of your baggage because i feel like the walls that you build up to protect yourself will eventually imprison you
1: yeah because then now
0: you're single for life now you have no friends (laughs) now your human relationships are trash because you've refused to be yourself out of what out of fear of not being accepted fuck that i'm not with the shits i'm asking all the questions i'm asking about your trauma we're unpacking all the ways that we're trash and actually a red flag for me during a first date or like the first few weeks of knowing someone is someone who really fully believes that they're that they're easy to live with or that they're easy yep. to be with. One of my pet peeves is when I ask someone, oh, in what ways are you difficult or in what ways are you trash? Because I think all of us are extremely difficult to be with and extremely difficult to live with and if you're not aware of that that's a really big red flag for me because when i ask you on a first date in what ways are you trash and then you tell me some flimsy answer like oh sometimes i just care too much that's a huge (laughs) red flag for me because it shows a lack of self-awareness or it shows inability to be vulnerable and to be Mm. yourself with your chest and i don't have time for that i'm an advocate for laying out all of your trauma all of your baggage because we all we're all coming into a new relationship with our last one like you never leave your past in the past unfortunately that's not how we're set up you bring your baggage you bring your traumas to your new relationships and instead of pretending that they're not there i need you to lay them out on the table or else it's just a red flag for me
1: and also not laying it on the table in terms of transference. We can't mistake sharing trauma for building intimacy because those two yes. are not mutually exclusive. Let's so just because it. you told Mandem that you've got depression and that you know last year you wanted to commit suicide does not mean you're building a bond. Mm. You just set it out there and don't give it to someone without without the padding. You know, Put some context behind why you're sharing, not just trying to manipulate someone to thinking that you have a connection where you don't. Mm. I also find that if you are you know, don't perform vulnerability because that's shit's just, just crazy. You know, if yeah. you don't have it like that, then don't follow this advice that we're giving you. <laughs> Especially if you don't feel like you have the range to also take on somebody else's vulnerability and trauma because mm-hmm. that's what happens. It becomes an exchange. And so if it gets too much for you to hear that, you know, the girl you're seeing, you know, just had an abortion and she got PTSD, then maybe don't go so deep Initially, you know, yeah. figure out where your where your emotional bandwidth is and what you can afford to share with someone without sacrificing your emotional and mental health. That shit is so important. Um, is. And also, you know, navigating this this whole vulnerability thing. It's just a matter of knowing that the person that you are engaging with needs to understand you fully, like contextually. And when yes. you're just talking about yourself in, in first person narrative, that's not really helpful. They need to understand how you see yourself, how they're supposed to see you, how your friends see you. So they can accurately project their fantasy of you onto you. Ooh. As opposed to you because you know when you go on to dates, right? You look like, you, you know, you put on your best dress, you're snatched you're really funny you're really confident you're quick quick you're sharp you are sharp and then you realize you go home you're emotionally drained because you gave that date you're 110 and you will never have that energy again oh my God. <laughs> so please manage expectations your own and theirs
0: <laughs> so where do you draw the line between being authentic versus like being being pleasurable to be around I don't know. You know what I mean?
1: It'd probably be like the fine line between like how you behave at work where you kind of like show yourself but not show your whole self and then how you might hang out with like your best friend's best friend. Yeah, you know like there's that certain level of like familiarity and comfort but also you're reminded that this person doesn't know me so right. in some ways I do have to retain a little bit of distance a little bit of respect a little bit of boundaries just to help them navigate it a little bit better yeah. you know I, I feel like the threshold is all personal but what this all tells you that there's no strategy for how to date well. Like, as we mentioned before, Bobo and myself, the slum flower, could go on the same date with the same guy and have three wildly different experiences yeah. because so much will dictate how how we engage in that. Also, it's really... I think dating is a fun exercise to realize how you're perceived. I mean, I yes. go on a ton of dates where if... So I notice the dates I go on that aren't sexual because obviously I have sexual dates and I've got, like, Wait, life what? partner dates. Yeah, yes, so. cause I feel like... So let's say like if I'm going on a date with the intent just like this guy's hot, I'm trying to get a nut. I don't do that shit anymore. That was like me start of the year. Mm. If you've been listening since the start of the year, you would know I was on an escapade. (laughs) But those sexual dates, yeah, like I can go into them, be loose, be free, be whatever. Like I'm funny like I'm quick witted. I'm sharp. Everything's cute. I'm flirting. It's sexy. Love it that's not the same person you date when i'm trying to find a man a husband. like i don't feel that if i'm finding a husband i don't perform like i don't make you feel comfortable i don't fill in the blanks of conversation i don't wait i don't make you sound more interesting than you are like i i'm really not that forgiving when mm. i'm looking for like a person person and so i could imagine if two guys were dating me with those two separate intentions they'd be like well i don't know that girl what she was funny with you she wasn't funny with me yeah so it's, it's these things you have to be mindful of you're just testing and trialing and seeing what works for you and the worst case scenario it doesn't work out and you move on but that is just my experience being a turbo bitch in heterosexual dating (laughs) we did we did have a few questions um on non-hetero dating so queer dating on the spectrum of girl on girl um a lot of people were asking or saying that they identified as being bi or recently lesbian but i've had no bi or lesbian experiences and so how do you go about navigating dating knowing that you are a newbie a beginner a beginner you've never had a sexual experience in that arena but you know that's what you're that's who you're attracted to
0: yeah so i think like it depends on where you are i've only experienced this in LA versus new york so I'll contextualize it that way. Well, A, let me like debunk a few myths or debunk the biggest myth, which is that um, dating is a lot easier in queer communities. I think a lot of women pursue like other women because there's like a myth that it's going to be a lot easier because men are trash and therefore like women won't be trash. And I just want to start off by saying that we're all trash. And if anything, I feel like dating while queer is a lot harder um, a lot more confusing but still fun like it's still a good time i would say events there's always like communities there's always like pockets of people that are just like queer parties queer markets queer this and this and that there's always like pockets of people on the internet that you can engage with i feel like dating apps are a good way to start i've tried this the app her if you're not just looking for like a hookup it's also like an actual dating app so i would do that but i would also just like not be afraid to flirt with women i think there's a fear that like if you flirt with a girl if you flirt with a girl and like she's straight it's gonna be weird and like this and this and that but that's honestly not the case at all it happens more often than you think and if anything anyone is just flattered that you're flirting with them so just flirt with people like be yourself and if it works out it it does and if it doesn't it doesn't but just like dating what regardless of your sexuality and your gender or whatever it is you need to go where the type of people you're looking for are if you're looking for if you're interested in intellectuals don't go to the club looking for a husband go to go to fucking harvard library like go to the spaces that facilitate your desires and like it's and don't overthink it like it's fine like it's not it's not that deep
1: I have a question for you in Mm. regards to what you just mentioned about going to the places to find the certain caliber of person. Yeah. When we talk about dating and how to navigate it, a lot of people navigate it with a type. Like, I want to date older men. I want to date taller men. I want to date, uh, like, creative women. I want to date so-and-so. Do you find that, as you said before, the same things that you use for walls to protect you also confine you in the wrong ways? Mm. Is there something to say about dating freely, And, you know, not giving everybody a go, but being more open to just the experience of dating and learning that skill before you, you know, shoot your shot with all the people you actually want to date. And because you've never dated before, you don't have the skills to do it. Because imagine, yeah, let's say I I was like, I want like my tall fucking creative lawyer who comes from big money, has a great family with 16 brothers and so on if i've never dated before and my first dating experience is with this guy and in my head i've constructed that it should be romantic like hollywood man needs to pull out my chair (laughs) and then like kiss me on the cheek and then you know pay for the bill and we get there and he wants to go to a pub and then to denny's and then i don't know how to act is that my bad because i haven't trained up for this experience or you just start as you intend to finish and date the people that you like
0: well, I think there's like limits to it, right? Like I think all of us have either standards. Yeah, I don't know. I guess people have types when it comes to aesthetics and that I don't fully understand. Similarly to you, I wouldn't advocate for like limiting yourself to your one specific type, but I do think you know what your like you know what your standards are. So if you know you're only into women, there's no use, you know, in like going on a date with men. But I would say if you if you know you're only into women, then like be open to different types of women. Like why close yourself off to like women who are musicians when you could Mm. be with. Yeah, if you haven't tried any other type of woman, what I realized from watching Love Island is how.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, I have an update for you, but go on, go on. Oh, my God.
0: What I've learned from watching Love Island is that w- one of the ways that women really self-sabotage themselves is with their ridiculous typing of humans. The ways that, who was it, Anna, who was just, mm-hmm. who refused to date anyone who wasn't like six foot ten. And then complain And, compla- black. and <laughs> black, literally. And then she complains that she can't find a man. Like, are you mad? Hmm. I, I do think it's a form of dumb bitchery. Is it really that deep? if you date a guy who's not six foot ten? Like, will you die if he date someone who's six foot five?
1: You know what I and mean? And realistically, on that note, you know how we talk about not wanting to have to you know like just because Bobo and I are black women we are not the same person so we're, we're right. fighting so hard to break away from stereotypes yet as you date you park these stereotypes into people based on how you perceive them to be yeah like I want to date this you know this six foot five banker because he's going to be like from tall new money absolutely and then you find out he's broke because his <laughs> dad got him the job but his dad was but you know this whole thing but on the topic of love island another way that these girls would sabotage themselves is in the initial stages where for those of you maybe 10 percent who watch love island you know what's happening but for those who don't in the initial stages um girls have to line up and then men are introduced to them and if you're interested in that said man you need to step forward and if you step forward any number of girls can step forward Mm. the man now picks which girl he wants he can pick any girl even if you haven't stepped forward yeah and so when um that happens the host asks The host, sorry, asked the girls to rationalize why they did or didn't step forward. And a lot of the responses would be like, oh, I don't think he's my type. Yeah, he doesn't have a beard. I don't think he's my type. He wouldn't be interested in me, so on and so forth. So fast forward, there's this girl in the house called you one day she is this scientist tall black lean perfect body smart funny she's incredible
0: stunning but she's yeah.
1: carrying all this baggage because she's assuming that so many of these men aren't attracted to black women so she's limited herself to the only guy who's given her any attention because mm-hmm. she's scared that you know these guys don't date black women so let me not try very hard she goes uh, she's on the uh, she's in the show for a, maybe a month or so yeah she ends up leaving it's cute whatever why do I go on Ywande's Instagram right now and she's coupling up with the white guy from the house? White, pale, blue-eyed, blonde guy who what she said mean? would never be interested in her. Wow. And now they're couple couples.
0: Wow. I didn't, you you didn't even know that.
1: With white no, guy, it's, it, it's George. It? I'm talking about George, the one who was with fucking Lucy. <gasps> and so everybody put George and Lucy together because they're both white, both blonde, both like white, white, black, white blonde wow. people things. Everyone's like they're perfect together. They're, they're going to love each other. Like so and so on. Like it's genetic. They're going to be attracted to each other. They don't want to be to be with anyone and this else. Is the
0: dumb Turns out
1: Lucy wants Tommy, who's a buff. Like I think is is it he Italian? I yeah, think a so. buff Italian tall dark and handsome he's not tall dark and handsome man and then george the white guy What wanted the black girl yeah so literally. please don't let your own your own biases and prejudices affect and the insecurities way that you date. yeah match freely swipe freely approach freely you'll just never know honestly your fully. king might watch ebony porn <laughs>
0: <laughs> your white king absolutely <laughs> watches <laughs> ebony porn <laughs> You know what I (laughs) will say on that note, actually, black girls, this is for you right now. I'm talking to you. Listen, (laughs) I went to school with I don't do black girl energy. Tell me why I went to Greece school trip for two weeks surrounded by all these white boys who initially had made me feel like I'm the gremlin, like I'm the one who Shrek. And all of a sudden, all of them are trying it. It's all these declarations of love, declarations of lust, when you spent the last two years making me feel like being black is some sort of disease. Message for black girls, don't let these white boys have you out here thinking that you're undesirable just because you're black, just because you don't look like Heidi Klum. Even the same white boys who roast you every day are going home to fap to your pictures. So don't be out in... Don't let them bamboozle you. In fact, the reason why... And I hate that that people
1: do And this this. is why Bobo needs to be a mom. Because some daughter out here needs to hear this. Absolutely. At the age of 14. Let them know. Because I
0: was this 14-year-old girl who really thought that my blackness was obscene. That my blackness was some type of abnormality. Because it was every day being roasted, being called a monkey... Meanwhile, these same niggas calling me a monkey are going home to fap, to my existence. They're going home to fantasize about our future potential babies because they don't have the balls. They don't have the balls to face their own desires because they've been taught that the only acceptable desire to have is Eurocentric. So now they meet you, a celestial black queen, and they're just taken aback because their hormones are shaking. Their ancestors <laughs> Their ancestors are shook at your presence.
1: She said their hormones are shaking. Their
0: hormones are shaking. Don't let these white boys bamboozle you. They are enamored by your existence.
1: i'm losing my mind that was a question that um we got a lot in our dms uh bobo and flex on instagram Mm. um people were asking me because i date white guys what that experience is and my earliest experiences have been dating white guys surrounded by white people when i was in high school i mean i don't i've repressed primary school i don't remember what happened then but high school We had, like, a a men's... I went to an all-girls school. Mm. We had a boys' school (gasps) attached.
0: Oh, my God, same. We need to talk about that experience and how it shaped your perception of dating.
1: So I didn't really engage with that boys' school, but the boys' school I did hang out with was all private school white boys. So Mm. my access to... Wait, there was one skater that I liked in the public boys' school. But anyway, so my access to boys was going to be white boys. That's just what I was into. And all the ethnic people I knew, black ethnic, not, you know, Asian, were my family. So (laughs) that's it. But people were like to me, what's it like dating white guys? I don't know. White guys are the ones that approach me. White guys are the ones that I date. White guys are the ones that I fuck.
0: Interesting. I don't know what to tell you. That's so interesting because I feel like for me, the first time I've ever, I've never dated a white guy but the first time that I'd ever like had a flirtationship with a white guy was wow,
1: like a flirtationship.
0: Oh, that's a thing! Come oh, on, absolutely. G. The first time I had a flirtationship with a white guy was two years ago. Like it's taken me, and then I've had I had during college because I went to basically a school that invented sexual assault it's like the rape capital of the Jesus. world so yeah it's wild i won't say the name of the school because they they'll sue me but i had some really problematic very violent experiences with white guys where i could tell they were they were trying to get out their primal desires like their primal sexual desires
1: Their repressed ones. Yeah,
0: that they've that they've repressed. I feel like Africa as a concept um, is a dream that's been deferred for a lot of Americans. And so, when you come as an African woman, you are the entry point to their dreams. You're an entry point to their wildest fantasies. And so, they project all of these fantasies and dreams and like repressed primal desires onto you and it comes out during sex like you'll just be casually hooking up with someone and they'll be so unnecessarily violent Mm. they're like calling you a nigga like all of a sudden calling you a nigga it's just like it's madness
1: screaming i would die
0: oh my god that was absolutely my first ever experience <laughs> with a white guy was him getting off his primal animalistic instincts i just feel like they're like oh africans they li- they expect drums they expect lions <laughs> they literally <She's>
1: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: they expect afrobeats to be playing in the background and i'm just like <laughs> bam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> shut up do you know what but i mean that's not straight too far from historical archetypes of black people like you've Absolutely. got you know black men mandingo fucking like eight foot five huge dick like so, so I, I fucking um you know abs everywhere and then you have like black jezebels you know or sapphires
0: yes you know
1: it's like this shit's been existing so i can understand especially when we're talking about America, how those stereotypes are allowed to sort of run rampant and oh be free. Oh my God.
0: And that guy was Russian. And my second experience was with this guy from Idaho, who <laughs> I later found out had a really problematic fetish or obsession with slaves? black girls. He he might as well have. He might as well have. <laughs> the lengths that this guy went just to try to fuck. <laughs> the lengths he went this guy found out he did his googles found out Mm. that i'm buddhist Mm. this guy fully pretended to be buddhist just so that we he literally invited me over and was like you know i really want to chat with you i'd really love to meditate with you he'd be reciting all of these zen koans and i was so impressed like naive little bobo was mad impressed so i go over and I. See, this is this guy's like chance to unleash all of his primal, intimate, repressed desires about being with an African woman. The questions he would ask: Oh, is it true that African women have tighter pussies? Like he was just like drooling, frothing at the mouth, just at the idea of being able to colonize a black woman's body. It's disgusting. And those were like... I'm
1: glad we're getting this off your chest because I'm honestly having a um, conniption.
0: Literally. And those were like my first few experiences with white men. And the first proper one was literally two years ago. I had to be alive for two decades until I I met a white man who treated me with respect. And it's madness. And what I realized was that it's not that these white men actually thought I was a monkey. It's that they had these repressed desires of either dominating me sexually or being with me. But they weren't allowed to show those desires because I think even white men, to a certain extent, are taught or conditioned to believe that the only acceptable desire to have is white. And then and because they can't, you know, they can't walk in their truth. They have to repress those emotions. They have to repress those desires. They're angry about it. And they take that anger out on you as a black woman. It's mad. Interracial dating. This needs to be a whole episode. It's wild.
1: <laughs> a boba just talking about her literal <clears throat> nightmares. For literally. Real. Literally. I can't. I can't relate. But,
0: um, wow. I, yeah, I do definitely think that it is like cultural, geographic, all the things.
1: It is. And I also I often find that if you have to imagine I'm operating in very white adjacent circles where I'm getting a lot of like, oh, you know, you're just like the other white girls, like not black, black type energy. Mm. Nobody's saying it, but I can imagine that when people are engaging with me, they're getting like a African light version. Right. Wait till I move to Ghana, Hose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come back with an accent. With an accent. for done for proper. you. <laughs> I need you to
0: come back wearing cheetah print. Like, literally. I need you to enter every room with Uh, drums playing.
1: uh, Let me bless your spirit. Hallelujah. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. That's that on interracial dating. So don't let your insecurities... There's a lot to unpack.
1: Yeah, that... Just what Bobo was saying. Don't let your insecurities get in the way of you. Because your projections and your perception of the world is so skewed and manipulated by so much out of your control mm. just go into these experiences and let your experiences dictate your the outcome you know yeah. let's say you go fuck this white russian guy and he literally turns you out and tries to kill you with his aggression now you know
0: now you know yeah i feel like we're all going to have shitty dating experiences like all of us we're all if you're a woman you're going to be probably assaulted at some point because and maybe it's because I lived in LA. I really barely have any friends who haven't been raped or assaulted. So it's, it's like violence is going to happen. Shitty experiences are going to happen. Toxic men, you're going to run into them. But I feel like it's really important to not project your past onto people you don't know. I think um, while we all know that men are trash, I think even when you're when you're engaging with a man on an individual level, it's good to not project your politics onto that person, to not make your romantic life so politicized. And I think, quick rant about the queer community. I find that dating while queer, actually, just to clarify, just for context, I am pansexual. And for anyone who doesn't know what that means, If bisexual means that you're attracted to more than one gender, pansexual means you're attracted to people regardless of gender. So in other words, like, whatever someone's skin suit or gender or sexuality is, is completely inconsequential. So that was just a quick context. I was seeing this girl who was trans, and I thought she was really cool. I thought everything was going well, like, chill. Um, Fast forward, I noticed that, like... I'll call it a lack of boundaries for lack of like a better word. I found that she it was very political, like hyper political unnecessarily. I found that she would attribute anything that I didn't like to like oh you're transphobic, you're homophobic oh, or whatever it is. Okay. We got to a point where like I was just like, listen, I find I think you're really cool, but I'd rather just be friends because I just don't feel like romantically like we're really all that compatible. And she decided for me that the reason I didn't find it, I didn't find us compatible is because she's trans. I find that like a lot of queer culture is rooted in resistance against heteronormative cis culture. And that resistance manifests itself in like, oh, I can do whatever I want because I'm free and I'm queer and I'm here and I'm liberated. But it's like just because you're liberated, that doesn't exclude you from accountability. That doesn't exclude you from like your actions having consequences. I don't even know how I got to this point. I don't even remember what Allow we were yourself. talking about.
1: Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourselves.
0: Honestly. But don't delude yourself into thinking that like dating while queer will rid you of all problems if anything i feel like queer culture creates just as many problems as it solves and you can fight me on that come fight me in my dms i don't care i said what i said
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it you when you're dating you must assume that the prejudices you think exist around your body as political as it may be just pretend they don't have any effect on your relationships until you know for sure. Absolutely Don't assume someone's not dating you because you're fat, because you're religious, because you're trans, because you're whatever, until you pro- it's proven otherwise. Otherwise you carry so much, not only baggage, but you know, emotional suppression into all these relationships. Yeah. And this, like, fear and anger and discomfort bleeds off on onto people that you're dating with. And it may become a self fulfilling prophecy. And this is not to say that it prejudice- will Sorry, this is not to say that prejudices do not exist. They absolutely do. But, you know, who are you to assume which ones work when and how and how and whatever? Just allow them to manifest in the way they do naturally. And then you can, like, navigate dating not in fear (coughs) because there's a lot of that going around.
0: Yeah, I think it's really good to differentiate between am I angry or am I just being triggered? I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times you're just being triggered And you think you're angry, but when you start to unpack like why you feel the way you feel and why you think someone doesn't want to be with you because you've decided that it's because they are homophobic, maybe you're just being triggered because you grew up in a lot of homophobic communities and now you're projecting your insecurities on someone else and blaming them for your anger at the moment. But like, that's just not what it is.
1: It's almost the time to remind yourself that you need to start um, engaging the people as a group and not like, uh, sorry, as an an individual. You need to start engaging the people as an individual, not a prejudiced group. So Mm. because you had one trash experience with this Russian man, it's not every day all Russian men are trash. Because you had this one cooked experience with, you know, uh, a creative lesbian. It's not all creative lesbians are trash. You have to start singularizing and putting... Pulling apart those experiences as singular experiences, otherwise you'll just like your dating pool will dry up quick.
0: <laughs> Quickly, and this is why also types are useless. Like having yeah. a type, because the irony is, as much as like my worst experiences with the Russian man, one of my best experiences was with like a white guy from from like England. You know, crazy. It's wild. You just can't limit yourself. You need to go in fresh. I also think like dating, just like anything else, you just have to throw yourself in. You can't half go in. You can't dip, you know, a little bit of a toe. You have to fully allow yourself to be hurt in order to fully experience the bliss of love.
1: This is very true. And just to wrap up, I know Bobo and I aren't a big fan of, you know, entering dates and having an escape route an escape route, sorry, route, whichever way you say it. But um, I know a lot of people rely on those kind of tools and techniques to comfortably navigate dating. Mm. So we did get a suggestion from a follower on Instagram who said that they personally like to set up um exits on first dates or like dates or interactions and making sure that you figure out what yours is. Like what's your safe word? Tell your friends like I'm gonna text you or tell the oh, bartender yes. so on and so forth. Yeah. We will get into this in our next episode though. I just wanted to clarify because I think that we brushed over that very quickly. Yeah. Just true. know that personally it's not for Bobo and I, but we will be talking about it in our next episode, how to navigate safety both yeah. sexually and you know otherwise in dating
0: because it's wild yeah our next episode will be about first dates how to mm-hmm. deal and navigate first dates um so once you've found the person that you're into how to move forward so stay tuned join in on the conversation on facebook we have a facebook group we also have an incredible program it's a mentorship program where because we have such an uplifting community you can actually become a mentor or you can mentor someone in our facebook group around anything to do with career or to do with love or to do with marriage or to do with health whatever it is you can find someone to help or find someone to help you navigate this world we also have an instagram page follow us on bobo and flex on instagram And let's continue the conversation. Support us on Patreon, follow us on Instagram, and join our Facebook group. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye!
1: Me! Hold up!